0: Welcome to 321 iRelaunch, the podcast where we discuss return to work strategies, advice, and success stories. I'm Carol Fishman-Cohen, CEO and co-founder of iRelaunch and your host. Before we get started, I want to remind our listeners who are actively relaunching to be sure to register and upload your resume on our iRelaunch job board, because that is where employers go to find candidates who have gone on career break for their career reentry jobs and programs today we welcome jennifer andrews an equity and inclusion expert who relaunched her career in 2015 as part of credit suisse's real returns program in their second cohort jennifer attended the i relaunch conference in 2014 and we will talk about how that experience influenced her relaunch after eight and a half years at Credit Suisse, Jennifer recently took on a new role, leading the equity and inclusion efforts globally at Guardian Life. Today, we'll be speaking with Jennifer about her job search and experience relaunching through a returnship, as well as her career progression since her
1: relaunch. Jennifer, welcome to 321i Relaunch. Thanks so much, Carol. I really appreciate you inviting me to, to be part of this podcast, and I'm really, really looking forward to this conversation.
0: Well, I am too, because we have known each other for a long time and through the entire arc of your uh, conference experience and beginning your relaunching to where you are today. So um, so it's it's very exciting, and, and I thank you for um, being our guest today. And, Jennifer, I want to know if we can start uh, with your career history and if you can um, tell our audience a little bit about what you did prior to your career break and what prompted
1: it. And then we'll pick up after that. OK, sure. So I started my career at IBM. I was in marketing and sales and management consulting Um focusing on financial services firms. I later was hired away by one of my clients, and I worked for a senior technology manager, really as his chief of staff, really helping him to really think about how he could transform that organization. I then kind of took, decided to take a step back after I had my son. I originally went back to work, but I was really was struggling on trying to figure out how do I effectively balance both my work and home life. You know, my husband and I both had really demanding jobs and really did not have a lot of flexibility. This was before the remote working. That right. really wasn't a thing at the time. So we decided that, you know, it was, made sense for me to kind of step back and spend some time focusing on our family. You know, I recognize that it was a huge luxury to even be able to make that choice. I know that everybody can do that. But that's what we decided to do to kind of just benefit our family holistically.
0: Wonderful. Uh, And so you're on career break. And can you tell us a little bit about I know we talked about how long you were a career break, but right. just review that and talk about what led you to decide, it's time for
1: me to start looking around. And, and. So there's a few things. One, my kids were getting older and they were more independent and really didn't need me around as much. I was staying active, kind of doing things on uh, during the career, uh, career break. I was volunteering, did some independent consulting, but I realized I kind of wanted to to do more, I wanted to have some new challenges, and then to really be fully transparent. College became more and more of a reality, it was on the horizon. We realized, you know, yes. having two incomes again would make a whole lot of sense.
0: Yeah, for sure. You know, we talk about financial pressure or financial recognition, short term and long term. And it could be college tuition, it could be saving for retirement a number of, of drivers that bring relaunchers back from a financial perspective, as well as all the other aspects of, of being able work. For sure. So was there a moment where you woke up one day and thought this is the day or was it sort of a gradual and what were some of the early steps that, that
1: you took? Yeah, So I guess it was somewhat gradual, you know, and just trying to figure out kind of what do I want to do? What? am I capable of doing? I kind of knew upfront, I didn't really want to go back to where I was before. I mean, I enjoyed the work, but I didn't love it. And I really felt I wanted to do something more people-centric, you know, working in, I knew I wanted to go back to work for a corporation, but maybe in a different capacity. So I thought maybe human resources generically. Mm-hmm. And then I thought maybe diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I got introduced to that specifically my volunteer work working as a volunteer at my children's independent school in new york city so i thought maybe possibly but i really didn't know how to get started it was kind of i felt like a little nugget of a idea but wasn't sure how to make it happen
0: Mm -hmm. and then um how did you hear about the i relaunch conference and what were some of your experiences before and after that
1: so you know once i decided i wanted to do this. I kind of struggled with, well, how do I do this? Even sharing it with other people because, you know, I watched a lot of my peers, their careers soar while I was, you know, taking care of my kids. which was an important job, but it's a different type of job. And wow. I wasn't even sure if I wanted to even tell people I wanted to do it. But then I said, you know, I always heard your network is your biggest asset. So I kind of bit the bullet and started telling everybody that I wanted to do this. I was worried about how they were going to react, but everybody was so supportive and actually doing, making that decision to share with my network that I wanted to do. This is how I got introduced to, to I a friend of mine who's super, super successful, somehow heard about your organization. I don't even know how. And she said to me, you know, it sounds like this might be something you want to like look into. The conference was coming up, literally, it was like almost divine intervention because she probably told me about this and maybe two weeks later was when you were having your annual conference. Oh, wow. So I signed up and I was like, oh, I'm going. And nice. that's really kind of how I first got introduced to you all and kind of how using my network kind of helped me begin to really take that little nugget of an idea into something that felt like, oh, maybe it's possible.
0: Yeah. And I just want to remind our audience that in 2014 um, and and until COVID, our conference was an in-person event and we would have it at university campuses in different areas of the country. Uh, And we had the New York area conference at NYU for a few years and before we moved to Columbia, simply because of room capacity. And uh, Jennifer and I were talking about when she went to the conference, we, we held held it at NYU Stern. So it was an in-person event. But the other thing I wanted to just highlight for our audience is your your comments about going public with your job search, uh, because a lot of us struggle with that. And I think it's in part a I'm what are people going to think? And are they, you know, are they going to say, what are you talking about? You know, you've been out of the workforce for X number of years, uh, you're dreaming, or it also feels like you're going on record. And so then if people, it's like, what if people check up with me, check in with me in six months, a year or whatever. And I have to say, yeah, I'm job searching. Uh, yeah, I'm, and, and it just kind of puts a little
1: more pressure on you. Yes. I was like, were you in my brain? Because literally all those things were kind of going through my head at that time. or oh, like, well, can I really do this? What if I don't find something that people are going to ask me about it? Oh, my goodness. Yes. All yeah. of that and more was happening yeah so um you had talked to me about the
0: conference being I don't know if it was I say it was as much of a turning point but it was certainly a milestone along the way and can you talk about why
1: or what kind of experience you had there or yes what changed so I I say it was an aha moment for me I think I told you earlier I don't really remember what the kind of speakers who the speakers were but what really stuck with me was the time I spent with a cohort of people at this time, sitting around a table that were all in a similar position as myself. They wanted to try to figure out how to get how to get back in the corporate world. And I guess one of the facilitators said something, and I'm paraphrasing, um, about you know, talk amongst ourselves about what the heck do we do around our career break and how can we talk about it in an empowering way when we're talking to prospective employers. And oh. I really hadn't thought about that before. And so we did this, and you know, kind of the responses I got from you know these strangers about <laughs> know, what I was doing. They're like, oh my gosh, like that's so amazing. I mean, they all had amazing things they were doing. And it really made me feel empowered to say, you know, I'm not gonna shy away from this. And I actually put on my resume the volunteer work I did during my career break, to this day, it's still on my resume. And to this day, it's an important part of what I talk about at any job interview. As I was introducing myself, you know, you mentioned I'm now at Guardian Life, Mm -hmm. you know, part of my introduction to the organization, I talked about it, and I talk about it proudly. And it's it's such a important part of my journey now.
0: Yeah, uh, so so much of of what you're talking about resonates deeply with me. So I guess I wanted to... uh, understand a little bit more or just maybe highlight when you're telling your story because so much so many of us have a story but you had this experience where other people were kind of validating it not only validating it but celebrating it and sometimes you know we're living our lives and we're doing these things that we do and we don't recognize we can't get outside ourselves to recognize that (laughs) so just you recounting it uh, feels like such a, a powerful moment so Question for you is that what happened next, and and did you have more conversations and tell people more about your background? You said you changed your your resume. Um, what were some of the next,
1: I guess, milestone moments? Right. So you know, the first thing, literally post conference, is I updated my resume. Um, I began to tell more people about the fact that I was doing this and began to talk more, kind of, I think, proudly about my career break and continuing to share with my network that this is what I wanted to do. And again, my network came through for me and I got connected to um, the credit Suisse real returns program through my sister-in-law who worked at credit Suisse at the time. She's like, Oh, you know, you're telling me you want to go back to work. Maybe you should like look into this program. And, you know, I guess that the rest is history. So I applied for other things along the way, but, this was the perfect kind of re-entry moment for me coming in you know with a cohort of people and really feeling like you had a community with you as you were kind of on this journey you know with other people who had similar kind of angst about doing this who kind of felt that maybe they weren't as relevant as they had once been so it, it was quite empowering you know i i it did a, I guess, training program when I came out of college, you know, when I worked at IBM. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, I kind of lovingly say it's like a middle-aged, um, in you know, training program where it was very, in some ways. It was a mid-career. It was a mid Okay, a mid <laughs> <laughs> training program.
0: Yeah. um, You know what, uh, Jennifer, I just want to stop you for a second there because I'm realizing I want to paint a picture for our audience about what the landscape of career reentry programming looked like in 2014 very yes. very different from where oh, we are now sure. with so many programs and and the, the whole language about career reentry and normalizing career breaks that's the world we're living in now. But in 2014,
1: it was I think Credit
0: Suisse was one. That program was one of five nascent programs. I think Goldman started in 2008, and then we had the recession. J.P. Morgan started a program at the end of 2013. And then in 2014, Credit Suisse, MetLife and Morgan Stanley started their programs. And it was like a huge milestone. I remember watching on stage people from the first cohorts of, of four of these programs. And I, I think a little further along uh, with Goldman's because it was older. Talk uh, about how they returned to work through these amazing uh transformative programs, and that's when I had a light bulb moment thinking, wow, we have a critical mass of career entry programs in financial services, maybe we should take this concept to another sector, and that really began our conversations with the Society of Women Engineers and the very start of the STEM reentry task force, which focused on the technology wave uh, of hiring. So this was a different time. And the idea that you heard about this program, and and you applied, and you got into it, and you're one of the, you're in the second cohort, really a transformative period for the
1: companies, for employers, as well as for the individuals. Yes, because you're talking about these internships, It was like, what is this? Whereas now, (laughs) when you talk about it, people have generally heard about it, because you're all these major firms have versions of this. But at the time, yes, it was a novel thing that not many people had ever heard of. And so I feel really, really fortunate that I was able to find a program, get into the program, and be able to relaunch my career in such a really empowering and, and positive way.
0: Yeah, let me ask you, since you have that opportunity to retrospectively to look mm-hmm. at the evolution of the program, since you were in it, uh, in. in at its very beginning can you talk a little bit about the elements of the program and how did you see it change over time or the people who were in it did you was a commonality or did you see some evolution in any respect
1: yeah so I guess broadly and I think it's probably true for a lot of these programs it's a finite period of time the one I was part of was 11 or 12 weeks and there were some kind of classroom training that we all went through together. So just ensuring that we understood the kind of technology and the language of business now, you know, because whenever we left, we could have left, you know, a couple of years, it could have been, you know, oh, a yeah. decade. Um, so things changed quickly. So ensuring that we understand the current suite of Microsoft offerings, your know, video conferencing, things that, you know, may have changed some, Prior to us taking that career break, so we did all of that kind of baseline work. Did a lot of work on kind of what the company was all about and and introducing us to the company and how they make money, and then we spent time with. So we basically had projects with different departments. So you know, I came on, I went into the HR group in. Their diversity, equity, and inclusion base. With and I had a specific project that I was working on, and had milestones to kind of help accomplish that project during that period of time. And you know, in some ways, you have to kind of think about it as a really long interview process because you're being evaluated the whole time, but right. you're also evaluating the company, because it's, um, some folks in my cohort at the end of it said, you know, this is an incredible opportunity, but. It's not the right thing for me. And mm-hmm. you know, and they chose either to go someplace else or they felt that maybe they weren't ready to come back. And then others found either opportunities in the groups where they had done their project or other place within the organization. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's not just a one-way street. We're kind of like, you know, we're interviewing the company and the company's interviewing us during this period of time. But, you know, we have this cohort that we can kind of go back to and connect with and say, like, are you struggling with this? Am I? Yeah? Like, yeah, like, are you, like, nervous about this? So you had this, you know, group of people where you can kind of just, like, just let your hair down and just kind of really say, like, what was going on? And you felt you knew that you were all in it together, which was, like, really, really kind of empowering and, and helpful during the process.
0: Yeah, you know, you think about this. This is a significant personal and professional transition that's yeah. happening simultaneously. Depending on what your career break is for, if it was for childcare, your family is transitioning along with you. So uh, there's a there's a, there's a lot going on, uh, and this the idea of being in a cohort uh, is is powerful. I, I I wrote a HBR article about the power of the cohort in career entry programming. Yeah. And, you know, a couple of, of things have evolved. We're seeing more and more that people making the decision at the end that they decide that they're not ready yet. We're seeing that less and less. And I'm, I'm guessing over time, people um, are more informed about what the process is and where they are in the process. And so we're seeing that. And I, I also see uh, in a number of, uh, of companies that, Either they're shifting to a what we call direct hire model and getting rid of the uh, returnship, the internship component, because it's been such a successful model and the conversion rates are so high um, and we have a lot of data now. And so the perception is that, oh, maybe it's not as risky as we originally thought to engage with people coming off of multi-year career breaks. So I, I think that's important. And the other evolution we've seen is more of a rolling admissions kind of um, structure instead of people coming in in cohorts, and so then you might think, "Wow, they're they're losing that benefit of the cohort." On the other hand, they're joining a community, and so we look now at the returners within an organization as a, as a community, and
1: that's that's been helpful too. So, um, just touching on that, I think that's really true because, yes, I was part of a particular cohort, but all of the cohorts, we come back together. As you know, new returners were starting, you know, we would come in and talk with them. And so absolutely, my experience as well is that it became less of, oh, you were part of my class. It's like you're part of this community. And, and absolutely. And I'd, I'd say what I've also seen is you know my cohort happened to be all women for all the reasons they came back. But Later on there have been more and more men. So it's been much more gender diverse. And I have to say it's also been much more racially diverse. You know, mm-hmm. I was unique in my cohort, that I was the only black woman in my cohort, but I'm seeing, you know, much more diversity in at least in my experience um, at my time at Credit Suisse with the folks that are choosing this and that are are, are, are you know kind of utilizing the returnship. So that's exciting for, you know, my work that I do, obviously, um, as a profession and society in general that, you know, so many people from all different backgrounds have found this beneficial.
0: Absolutely. And, and we're seeing that same increase of in diversity. I think the percentage of men has doubled in the last five years attending our conferences from 7% to 15%. And we have a diversity lead at iRelaunch whose focus is specifically to focus on underrepresented uh, minorities and communities to diversify our pool because we know that employers, we're a major feeder of candidates and participants into the program. So the more diverse our pool is and the more diverse the pools are that are in the company programs. So... I'm really exactly. glad you, you highlighted that. Are you still in touch with your cohort or any individuals from there?
1: Yes. So, I mean, unique situation with Credit Suisse in that we're kind of, it's kind of no longer exists in its former form. but right. even given that we do try to still stay somewhat connected. I definitely you know check in on folks on LinkedIn and see where they're all going and they're soaring in their careers, whether it be you know at UBS uh, or other places. So we haven't gotten together recently and this might be an excuse to say, hey, it might be time for coffee or a drink after work, but we definitely have kind of stayed connected with one another and always still supportive. Whether or not we, Stayed in the same company or not? It's still it's this kind of shared bonding experience that we all had together.
0: Absolutely, and it, that's it's so important, uh, and it just speaks to how deep those connections are when when you're you're in the shared experience. So, um, Jennifer, can you talk a little bit about your new role and uh, your your transition into a new organization? And actually, could you comment on your mindset now being back in the workforce for eight and a half years at versus you know when you made that that original uh move to to
1: come back in so well one i have to say if i you know went back to my 2014 self she would not have imagined <laughs> that this is <was> possible <laughs> exactly <laughs> to be completely honest yeah um, so i think you know if the time travel is possible and i could could have spoken to that, that version of me and say, okay, you're just making that all up. I mean, it's kind of beyond what I could have imagined at the time, kind of okay. where my career has gone since you know, kind of sitting in at your conference, honestly. So I think that's tremendous. So I would say to all of you listeners out there, just like dream big and soar and just take one step, you know, after the other. And before you know it, you, you know, could be eight, nine years later, and you wouldn't even believe where you could be now versus where you're kind of worried about you know, where you are right now at this moment. So you know it's, it's been an amazing journey. Yeah, that that's fantastic. And
0: um, can you tell us a little bit about your role, what you're doing now, and sure. maybe how your experience at Credit Suisse made you such a perfect uh, candidate
1: for it? So I think you, my work at Credit Suisse Obviously, it was the kind of place where I took the understanding of equity inclusion I got from being a volunteer at an independent school in in New York City to Mm -hmm. corporate American. Obviously, there's differences there. So, you know, that led gave me an opportunity to really kind of hone those skills, really think about how do you apply it within the organization I and mean, I had great partners and you know my last leader in particular was phenomenal and I think she really helped me grow my career significantly and really helped me prepare get prepared for what I'm doing today with which is actually leading the efforts here um you know I led a region uh, you know we were a global company at Credit Suisse so I led a region by the time I left Credit Suisse but now I'm leading it for the entire company and being able to kind of step back and think about, okay, so how do I really want to approach this work, and you know, what is it that you know, want to have, and how do we really make lasting change? Because for me, it's really about how do you really change the behaviors, the processes, and practices, and the procedures within the organization so that everyone has the opportunity to have a more equitable and inclusive experience. And so, really, you know, the fact that the leadership here at Guardian really has bought into that and is really supportive of me beginning to kind of execute on that. Um, it's really, really exciting to me. It's, it's a new challenge. Um, it's a new journey, but it's, you know, at this point I I'm like, okay, so if I can go from where I was 2014 to now, I am just saying the sky's the limit on, you know, what's next for me. So I'm really, really excited about the future. That's
0: that's wonderful. And thank you for reflecting on that. I, I, have to believe that our in our audience listening to you talk about this are, are they're just so inspired um, <laughs> and really in probably in awe uh, oh <laughs> <laughs> because you know if you think about it if you were just starting your relaunch and you were listening to you talk about where you are now you would be
1: like I
0: I want to be her.
1: You, you, no, that, that's. <laughs> and I, I mean, I I understand what you're saying. though. I, I, it makes sense because, I, as I said earlier, I I would not have believed, you know, myself at 2014 that you know I'd be doing this today. So I I, I understand that. So I will take that in. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: And any other comments um, before we? I have this one final question that that we ask all of our podcast guests. And it is, what is your best piece of advice for a relauncher audience, even if it's something that we've already talked about today, but
1: any other comments that, that you have as a result of this conversation? Well, one, which we talked about, is absolutely use your network. That is your greatest asset. Don't be afraid to tell everybody you know that you're trying to do this. I think that's so, so important. And then the other thing that I did when you know, my self-confidence was like a little bit low and I'm like, okay, so can I really do this? So I actually went back to people I used to work with in the past. And I asked them to kind of remind me kind of what do they like or appreciate about working with me? It was extremely like, empowering and enlightening. I went back to like my old manager and old colleague and what they told me. When I kind of forgot about a lot of it, yeah. and it really just helped me think, say, okay, so, you know, I had I was adding some value, and, and there were some important things I did, there some important attributes that they admired and respected, and I have to remember that as I'm kind of trying to reinvent myself and mm-hmm. get back mm-hmm. out. More more. So that those two things, I'd say, were really, really important for me.
0: I love that you did that. Uh, you know, we talk about this idea of people from the past having this frozen-in-time view yeah. of you. And I, I also found that to be incredibly empowering in my in my own relaunch journey because I remember I kind of felt like, wow, people are more enthusiastic about me returning to work than I
1: am. <laughs> Oh, Obviously. I understand that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it
0: was very, very, very helpful. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much um, for having this conversation today.
1: Thank you. And thank you to all you did in helping to get me to where i am today well
0: um, we we're we're just so excited to see you as an example of what is possible when when you relaunch your career so thanks jennifer for joining us and uh to our audience thanks for listening to 321 i relaunch the podcast where we discuss return to work strategies advice and success stories I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, CEO and co-founder of iRelaunch and your host. And I want to remind our listeners to go to iRelaunch.com to access our many return to work tools and resources and sign up for our mailing list so you can get our weekly newsletter talking about all the opportunities um, in career reentry jobs and programs. Thanks for joining us.